BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life, or starting a successful business, or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hey guys, welcome back to the Dream Bigger podcast. So today's show is a really special one because I got to interview one of my best friends and incredible holistic nutritionist, Jordana Hart. So Jordan has been on the show twice before, but I really wanted to bring her back and do an episode that was really focused on food and nutrition specifically. Back when I had her on, I think it was like right when the podcast had started. So this was like late 2018. So I feel like we really needed a refresher. Jordan and I have gotten really, really close over the last few years. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I'm always at her house. I always force her to cook for me. So I can tell you firsthand that everything she makes is incredible. So the recipes she you know, shares on her Instagram and her ebook. They're all so, so good, so healthy, so delicious. I can't say enough good things. And today's episode, you know, we do a deep dive into nutrition, basically like from 101 all the way to a little bit more advanced. So I think you guys are all going to take away a lot from this episode. She is so knowledgeable. And, you know, as a really close friend of hers. Like I can tell you that whenever I talk to her, I just, I learn a lot. So I'm excited to bring it to you. Before we dive into the show, a couple of housekeeping items. First and foremost, I want to share a really amazing review that came in from Gabby. And she says, Sif is simply put one of the most inspirational women I know. I look forward to each of the episodes from her podcast, not only because the people she interviews are so knowledgeable about health and wellness, but because the conversations are always fluid and authentic. It's truly refreshing to find a podcast packed with so much useful and inspiring info. Bravo, Sif. Well, Gabby, thank you so much. Honestly, reviews like this mean the world to me. I can't tell you how nice it is to hear from you. And it also helps other people find this podcast So if you do have five seconds and you feel like the show brings you value, please scroll to the bottom of your Apple podcast page and rate and review the show. Honestly, really like nothing more you can do to support the show than this. This is like the ultimate thing you can do. Okay, now before we dive into the show, let's discuss this week's hot tip. So I recently bought the Lumen, which is an incredible device if you are looking to understand how your body is burning food. So basically, it's this little black thing and you breathe into it and it tells you if your body is burning fat or carbs. And what it really helps you understand is how metabolically flexible you are. Because the thing is that if you really want to optimize your body, you want to make sure you're burning fat for fuel in the morning. But if you eat carbs, you want to make sure you're burning that too. So it's a tool that's really helped me kind of get a better understanding of how food impacts my body. And it's just so, so freaking cool. You guys know that I'm always 
really interested in the latest and greatest when it comes to biohacking. And this is a device that is absolutely worth the money. And you guys are going to love it, honestly. So with that, let's jump into today's interview with Jordana Hart. First things first, tell me your big dream while you were growing up. It's probably the, like one of the only things I don't know. Funny enough, I had this idea that I just wanted to be like a big shot lawyer. That was my dream. You were like Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> Very much Jewish. <laughs> Jewish girl goals. And so then what happened? Like, did it like, did that evolve? Did it go away? So maybe we'll end up getting into this. But throughout university, I thought I was going to become a lawyer. I took the LSAT. I did a course. Wait, you did the LSAT? Yeah. You know what? I feel like I actually never, as I got older, I realized I didn't want to be a lawyer. But then I was like, I don't know what else I want to do. So I'm going to just be a lawyer. And oh then gosh. I took a year off after university. And that's when I ended up going back to school to become a nutritionist. That's so interesting. So then why nutrition? I... Like lawyer to nutritionist <laughs> is like kind of a big job. <laughs> So I always was very passionate about health and wellness. Growing up, I almost had like this reverse childhood that like I like craved more vegetables. I like was I went to school and I my mom packed me like two peanut butter and jam sandwiches and like these cakes for snacks. <laughs> and then one of my best friends got a salad with turkey and like an apple and carrots and hummus. And I'm like, wow, like this is the dream. Wait, where did so this even come from? I though? had like, that was my palate growing up because we didn't really have as much as I had the double uh, peanut butter and J sandwich. Like mm -hmm. I didn't grow up eating processed foods. We didn't go to McDonald's, things like that. So I feel like growing up my palate, like I always preferred real food. And then I just enjoyed the taste. I liked how it made me feel. And then growing up, I was very active. Like I was on all of the sports teams. I loved that. And it just kind of was ingrained in me. And my friends in university made fun of me always that I was making healthy choices. Little did I know it wasn't real healthy choices, but I just was passionate. And then as I got older, I always suffered from acne prone skin. So then I think at the back of my head, I was always trying to research more about how I could clear up my skin. And then that's kind of like got you interested in like being a nutritionist. And yeah. That so after university, I went to Southeast Asia and I remember I just like ate every single thing in sight. I'm such a foodie. And I came home and I felt like shit. And I ended up seeing a holistic nutritionist just to kind of help me get back on track. It was the first time where just my cravings were out of whack and I didn't feel good in my body. So I wanted just to work with someone. And as we worked together, I fell in love with what she was teaching me and decided to take a year off. I hadn't applied for law school yet. And my plan had been to just find a job for a year. And then I'm like, you know what? I just want to look into a nutrition program that's one year. It will be just this passion of mine. And maybe one day I'll I'll practice as a nutritionist. But for now, it's just going to be something fun almost. So then even before Southeast Asia, how did you do in university? Like, did you bring a lot of those, like, I guess, like, just your interest in like super like nutritious food into your time in university. Cause like, that's a really challenging time. Like I did not do well in university. <laughs> like I ate like garbage, like my skin was bad. I remember I had these gnarly dark circles, which mm -hmm. have now gone away. And it's funny because like I'm older. So like, what were you like in university even? So I drank every single weekend, got poutine after the bar yeah. or pizza mm -hmm. And I loved those foods. But then when I knew I was going out, it kind of felt inherent that I was trying to make healthier choices throughout the day. And that was a lot of like salads, apples, uh, rice cakes with peanut butter. But I was eating a lot of fat-free products, which I would never do mm -hmm. anymore. I remember buying like fat-free turkey and fat-free salad dressings. And I thought that's what balance was all about, knowing that I was going to have 
the unhealthy fats later. So I wanted to try to keep it fat free during the day, which is really not the healthy way to do things. Okay. So I have two follow-up questions. (laughs) First is explain why fats are not scary. We have three macronutrients that our bodies need to function, which is fat, protein, and carbohydrates. Fat regulates your hormones, your mood. It's essential. And in the past, they believe that fat makes you fat, and that's been proven otherwise. And you need fat for metabolism. You need fat to sleep. It's just an integral part of your diet that you need to be alive. So it's kind of, it's not like it's not a choice. You need fat. And then of course there's healthier fats than others. So what are your like healthy sources of fat then? Yeah. So like extra virgin olive oil, all nuts and seeds, so like cashews, almonds, avocado, coconut. There's so many different sources of healthy fat. And then the ones that you want to avoid are like the fake fats, margarine canola oil, vegetable oil, trans fats, everything that's been modified to become a fat that's not actually serving your body. Why? Like, why does it not serve your body? Those fats, when you eat them, like they are almost toxic and inflammatory in the body. So let's say French fries, for example, even though they're delicious, Um, They take the oil and it's heated at extreme temperatures and that denatures the fat and it actually becomes inflammatory in the body. So there's a big difference than having like even roasted potatoes with some avocado on the side Mm -hmm. versus deep fried potatoes, French fries, and then serving that with ketchup that's full of sugar. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Like you have that, like it's so good, but like (laughs) at the same time, like you feel kind of like sleepy after. Yeah, or at least it doesn't I do. make you feel your best. <laughs> it's true. What you're saying about fats, I mean, I know it's been debunked for a long, long time. And I was the same as you when I was in like high school and university, same thing. And I feel like if I'm not having enough fats, I feel like tired and I'm overeating and I'm totally. not making the right decisions. So like, it's just incredibly important. And since I started incorporating more fats into my diet, like making an effort to do that changed my life. Yeah. And they keep you full. Yeah. For, to prevent you from overeating. A hundred percent. So the other thing I wanted to touch on was what you said, where like you thought you were making the right decisions, like for the bulk of the day. So you could like, you know, go out and do your thing for the rest of the day. And it almost felt like you were balancing the two out. Like, why is that thinking flawed? Or like, what was your mistake there? Yeah. So I actually didn't even realize it at the time because I felt like everyone I knew was also trying to live this fat-free life. And I wasn't even someone who was obsessed with my body or trying to lose weight. I honestly thought like, That's just how you're supposed to do it. Mm -hmm. And looking back, when I was in university, Mm -hmm. that was the heaviest I had ever been in my entire life. I was so inflamed. I used to get chronic canker sores. And yeah, so it's different than it's different than cold sores. They're actually brought on by stress and lack of magnesium and poor diet. I used to just feel super anxious. My sleep was off and I didn't feel as happy as, definitely not as happy as I do now. I had a lot of fun back then, but I didn't feel great in my body. This is such a common thing that I'm sure you see. I know I see it all the time. Mm -hmm. Just like even when I'm speaking to friends who aren't like in the wellness world, right? Where it's like, oh, like I didn't eat anything all day long or like I had like, like something really, really small so I can go so I, back wild. So I call wild. that like the restrict binge mentality. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people um, get into that mindset of, okay, I'm going to be bad later, so I should be good now. Mm-hmm. And their definition of good is actually restriction. So I'm going to go have pizza and wine with my friends tonight. And because of that, I'm going to skip meals and I'm just going to have a salad with like lemon juice or something or like steamed broccoli and boiled chicken. Mm -hmm. So that's a really diet-like mentality. And then you end up not eating to fuel your body because you're lacking the fat, the protein, the carbs, the fiber, et cetera. And then you end up overeating the foods that aren't as nutrient dense. How do you eat in general? Like if I'm going out and you have full control of 
me, like my decisions. Like I always say, start from the basics because I feel like everyone listening to this podcast episode um, has a different wellness journey. So I think start with the basics. And that means three meals a day, one to two optional snacks during the day and making sure that you're having fat, protein, greens, and carbohydrates on your plate at each meal. That's a really good way to start and help someone get into intuitive eating. Mm -hmm. So you almost want to treat yourself like a child. So with a child, they just have mealtimes because that's how they will learn what their body needs. And that's how they will have energy to do things and sleep properly, et cetera. So I would always say start from there. And then you could get to the next phase of your journey of, okay, you know what? I'm actually not so hungry first thing in the morning. Like I'm actually going to eat, I'm just going to have my coffee and then I'll eat a bit later. And that actually feels really good for me. And then you kind of get to the next point. Mm -hmm. So there's no right or wrong way of eating. It really is dependent on the person. But I always say start with basics and the nutrition 101. And so that is like greens, protein, and carbs. Yeah. And and just eating real foods. That's the best place to start. I feel like a lot of people ask me like, is this good? Is that bad? Back to basics, eat real food, start from there and make sure that you're having healthy fat, protein, and like vegetables on your plate at every single meal. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like so simple, it's but it's it's like the most effective. Yeah. This is Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. You might know me from Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram, where I spend my time talking about reality TV, celebrities, everything happening, and pop culture every Tuesday, okay? I also talk to some of our favorite celebs and reality TV stars. We talk about what's going on. Tune in every Tuesday and just feel like you're talking with your best friends in your living room. Aside from that basic Mm -hmm. nutrition tip, what else can you give someone just like 101s? Okay, more 101s. Like to me, it's not just about what you put into your mouth. It's just how you're treating yourself on a day-to-day basis. So Mm -hmm. anytime I work with a new client, I'm like, okay, basic nutrition. Let's cover that. Let's talk about some food guilt. Let's talk about your self-care. So self-care... Are you getting seven to eight hours of sleep a night? Um, How are you honoring yourself? Like, are you moving your body every single day? Some people come to me and they're like, okay, I don't work out at all. Should I start training every single day? Like, Mm -hmm. no, just start small. Go for a walk for 20 minutes a day. Start just with the basics. Drinking water, so important. And we all know drink water, drink water, drink water. Yet people come to me and they're like, should I do a celery juice cleanse? And I'm like, girl... You only drink one glass of water a day. <laughs> Why are you doing a celery juice cleanse? Like, no. So just basics. It's true. It's true. And like water is, I mean, I feel like it's like the most 101, mm-hmm. but it's necessary. Totally. Like it fucks with your skin otherwise. Yeah, exactly. And then more things, maybe we could talk just like slightly about food guilt that mm-hmm. I think some people get intimidated by nutrition or they feel really guilty when they're not super healthy. And the goal in life isn't to have a perfect diet. It's just to fuel yourself so you feel good every single day. So for me personally, I'm I love eating well. I love taking care of myself, but I'm a huge foodie. You know I love my wine and my tequila. They're things that I'm not going to cut out, even if they are not the healthiest. And I'm also not going to feel guilty about it. Yeah. So one thing that like I really value about myself is that I'm so consistent. I've just been doing the exact same thing for 10 years and I never fall off of the wagon, as they say, because I truly believe in everything and moderation and I'm all about balance. Well, the other thing is that like anytime, like I remember when I was younger, this was like a thing that like, you know, everyone was dieting, right? Mm -hmm. And you'd go through these phases where you're just like, everything is a restriction. And then you just inherently end up like eating the fridge 
Yeah. The moment someone tells you you can't have something, that is what you want. So if in your mind you tell yourself, I can't ever have chips again, I can't ever have pizza again, those are the foods that you're going to crave and your brain almost puts them on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. And I could safely say, sure, I love pizza, but I also love a kale salad with salmon, like equally. Yeah. No, it's true. Like same, same here. Like, and I'll, I'll enjoy both. Mm -hmm. Like I will enjoy both without thinking about it because I know that for the most part, I'm nourishing my body and like, that's what matters. And then if you say that you can't have something ever again, chances are the moment you get your hands on it, you'll overdo it and it will end up becoming a binge food. Like if you love chips, for example, and you're like, I'm never going to have chips ever again. And then you go to a friend's party and there's a bowl of chips and you eat the whole thing and you feel like shit. And it's also knowing that certain foods, of course, by nature are like a bit more addictive because of sodium and sugar. Mm -hmm. But in general, I say live a life full of balance and moderation so that you don't feel deprived and you're able to make like healthy choices every single day. So then if someone is going out to eat, what is the advice you can give them? And like, I know that like you've given it to me because we've gone out like a hundred times and like it's just smart way to order. So like what's what's the advice you can give to someone who's going out to eat? Okay, so the advice actually starts in the morning. Mm-hmm. Plan out your day. Okay, I am going for dinner tonight and I don't want to go into dinner starving. So just make sure that you are having enough greens, healthy fat, protein, drinking water throughout the day. And then when you actually go down to eat dinner, you don't need to order every single thing off of the menu. And I find that that's a big mistake. That's a big one. People get excited and then they start ordering way more than they need to. Just kind of slow down. You could go back to that restaurant if you would like. And I personally feel like the worst thing is leaving a restaurant uncomfortably full because then you don't even get to fully enjoy the experience. Mm -hmm. So when you're at a restaurant, same thing, like make sure that there's greens. Even if you're at an Italian restaurant and you're ordering pizza and a pasta, for example, also share a salad, share some grilled broccolini. There's always options available. And I also would recommend ordering some protein. So if I went to an Italian restaurant, chances are I'd share a pizza with a friend, get like grilled octopus for some protein, and then share a couple of veggie options. So smart. And it's so funny. So now like we've been friends for long enough that like now this is like ingrained in me and like I'll always go order some vegetable and mm-hmm. like of course a protein no matter where I go. But when um, my brother was visiting me in LA, we went out for dinner and we were ordering and he's like, remember we have to get a vegetable? <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. He's like, remember? And he's like, yeah, you taught me well. I was like, no, Jordan taught me well. <laughs> I love that. That's so cute. First of all, if you're going to an Italian restaurant and you don't want to get a salad, like just relax, just eat your pizza, pasta. You don't always need it every single time. But I think it's if you are someone who's going out quite regularly, Mm -hmm. it is important to make those healthy choices. You'll feel better. I also find that if I am starving before going out for dinner, you're just more likely to order a everything. And then like all of the things that you just listed like happens, right? Like you just order all this food and then you stuff your face because you're starving and Mm -hmm. then you just leave and you're so uncomfortable. And yeah, that's like not like there's no fun in that. There's no fun in that. I also would say um, some more tips when I'm out in terms of vegetables. If it says crispy, that often means fried. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I look for things that aren't creamy. Um, and I ask, I say like, is, has this been fried? Like what's in this sauce? Because often if you are ordering like Brussels sprouts, for example, if they've been deep fried, it's almost like no longer a vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> so you're better off getting like grilled broccolini, something that is actually nutrient dense. That's going to make you feel good. Yep. It's a good tip. If someone is traveling. Yeah. Are there any hacks you have? Because as you know, I travel a lot. Totally. So your diet's going to change a bit when you're out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. I would say, first of all, pack some healthy snacks. Because I know for me, when I'm traveling, 
I don't mind indulging at a restaurant, but the worst thing in the world is feeling starving at 3 p.m. and then having no options, but having to get like a croissant, which is in theory yummy, but like you don't even want it. And, and then, sometimes it's just like not even good. Yeah. And when this happens and you're at the airport or on the flight, like that's what kills oh, me. Oh, it's so annoying. So have some, have a bar, have a fruit, have something in your, in your bag. I like to even like put some cashews into like a Ziploc or little container and just keep it in my bag to have on hand almost as a bridge snack between my meals. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I'm traveling for a longer period of time, even like four plus days, I go to a grocery store and then I make sure to get just some staples to have like carrots, some hummus, apples, pears, like something that is just a healthy, quick snack to have on hand. Smart. Um, I remember I was in LA, like I think it was like two, two years, like 2019 yeah. or something. And I was there for like a week and I was staying at a hotel. Mm -hmm. And literally like after I think the second day I was like, I'm just sick of like constantly yeah. eating out. And I went and I just loaded up my fridge with all these like yummy snacks and stuff just that. to like keep me like sane, to mm -hmm. be honest. And I, I always say like, if you have a stove top and if you have a fridge, like get eggs Day one, make some hard-boiled eggs to have for a few days. It's such like a quick breakfast or easy snack that's just protein and super clean. Yeah. So remember when I had my accident and I texted you and I was like, I feel like shit. Yes. And my body felt like garbage. Mm -hmm. um, if someone feels like they're just at like a low point and they almost don't even know where to start because, you know, like when when you're cruising and things are good, it's like so easy to keep going, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you know that you're like what, what you're eating and you have this like rhythm and routine. Mm -hmm. But then like when you're at like a low point and like maybe stress is like so high and like you've just been eating garbage and almost like abusing your body, mm -hmm. you, you like sometimes you just don't know what that starting point is. Mm -hmm. So like if someone is in that position and they don't know what to do, but they know they need to make a change, what would you say? Okay, so step one is just check in with yourself and ask yourself how you're doing and how you're feeling. I think when people feel shitty, especially in their bodies, they really like hate themselves. And you're not gonna feel inspired and motivated when you're coming from a place of hate. So just check in with yourself, ask how you're doing, and then ask yourself like, how do I want to feel? Do I want to feel energized? Do I want to be sleeping better? Like, what is my goal right now? Okay, and the goal is you want to feel good. So I would say, take a step back and focus on the basics. And sometimes you do need to make the call to just take a week to yourself. And that means rather than committing to plans and eating out and drinking too much alcohol, focus on fueling your body with the right things. Little commitments, like every day this week, I'm gonna have a big salad with salmon or chicken or quinoa or chickpeas, like something that will honor myself every single day. Um, and then kind of just go from there. But I would say like, it's okay to, we all get to that point where mm -hmm. we're not always feeling our best. And it's just important to take a step back look at your lifestyle and see where you could make changes. And just ask yourself, like, am I eating enough protein? Am I eating enough fat? Am I eating enough greens? How's my sleep? Am I working out? Okay, I'm not doing any of those things. Where can I start? And I would say, just make a commitment once a day. Like, what's one thing I could do differently? And then look at your fitness. Like, you don't want to go from zero to 100, but like, let me book two classes this week even Zoom workouts, and just commit to it. So I think a lot of feeling better is making these little commitments to yourself that don't feel like punishment, that feels like you're honoring yourself. The worst mistake I see is when people feel like they've gained weight and they haven't been eating well and they haven't been moving and they're like, you know what, I'm gonna go on a strict insane diet because that maybe lasts three days and then you go back into this binge mode and then you just do it all over again. So you got to stop and be like, I deserve to feel good. And because I deserve to feel good, I need to make some changes. Also, I feel like if you do 
too much and like all of the things all in one go. It's it's like too restrictive almost. And you feel like the goal is too large. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like easier almost to go like step by step. And then like as you see and like feel the changes, like that's all that it takes. Like, okay, like I'm going to commit to like a big salad, for example. And you just feel really fucking great after eating that salad. And then it's like, okay, like I want to walk more or whatever it is. But like, it's like a culmination of all of those things as opposed to like, I'm just going to, you know, give up my way of living and Mm -hmm. adopt something else. I don't know. It's just, it doesn't work like that. In my ebook, I have like a whole section on just like what you should be eating every day and like how you should be living. But just in a, like a balanced, moderate way. Because I get the, these questions asked all the time. I mean, your ebook is excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Wait, pimp, pimp it out, the ebook. <laughs> Tell everyone, that, like, this is a side note, but like, okay. it's amazing. I and, created like- um, the iHeart Nutrition Guide to Healthy Living. So it's around 50 pages. Half of it is recipes. And then half of it is just Nutrition 101, Self-Care 101, I talk about like grocery swaps, restaurant hacks, kind of everything we've been touching on, but in more detail. So it's a really good place to get started. And it's kind of great for all levels. If someone is going grocery shopping, like give us a little peek. What Mm -hmm. are some like three swaps or three things that they should put in their basket? Swaps and tips. So number one, don't go to the grocery store without a list. Smart. It will save you money and it will help you avoid buying all of the crap that you don't actually need. So make a list ahead of time. And as you just mentioned, like you don't need to overdo it just because you want to go on a health kick doesn't mean you need every vegetable at the store. So number one, start with a list. Number two, when you get to the grocery store, you want to shop the periphery of the grocery store, which means the, the real food and the fresh produce and the chicken, the meat, et cetera, like anything that needs to be refrigerated or in the freezer rather than shopping the middle aisles, which is always the processed stuff. And then in general, some great swaps, soy sauce, for example. It's something that I don't use anymore. And a really great sub is coconut aminos. So that tastes similar, but it's made from coconut. So there's no soy and there's less sodium. Another great hack, like I don't know who's listening to this, is just swapping out your pasta for chickpea pasta or lentil pasta, something that's gluten-free, higher in fiber and higher in protein that's actually more nutrient-dense. Yeah, I'm with you. And like such an easy swap. Such an easy swap. And my whole thing is like, I'm all about balance and moderation, but in the comfort of my own home, I want to be making the best decisions. And The truth is, if you go to the grocery store and you buy a thing of cookies, a thing of chips, like all of this processed junk food, and you bring it home, like you are the one eating it. And it's hard to be moderate with those foods. No, it's it's so hard. Like I remember, so for a long time, like we just had Nutella in the house. Mm -hmm. And I like it's my Nutella is amazing. I'm do you know that I'm obsessed with Nutella? How are we the same person? <laughs> no, like, I think it's the best thing in the it, world. Tr- no, but it actually it, it, is. It, and it, it is. I have, like, forget self-control. I'm, like, a different person around Nutella. I just, like, I can't have it in the house and, like, just, like, put it on something and walk away. Like, right. I would literally find myself with a spoon. Like, it, it's, like, gross. Like, I've had an entire, like, small jar of, like, not the baby. Like, I'm talking, like, a, like a decent-sized jar of Nutella on my own. So, like… After a while, I was like, Nish, like this just cannot be in this house. Like I have no control. Like if it's like the little baby ones, okay, fine. Like it's okay. Yeah. But I just, I I can't help myself around it. It's like certain foods, you just, if you know you have that relationship with the food, it doesn't mean that you're weak. It just means like in some cases you really do love it and it's quite addictive. And it doesn't mean you can't ever have Nutella again, but you know, it doesn't make you feel your best when- like, in your home. I'll eat it when I'm so having a dessert. I at a posted restaurant. on Instagram my love for Nutella, and then Nutella sent me this giant so Nutella awesome. with my name on it. And I'm like, 
I mean, this is the best and worst thing that's ever happened to me. I would just, I mean, <laughs> in one go, it would be gone, destroyed. Like, I love it. I'll get it when I'm eating out. Like, if I see Nutella on the menu, like, at, like, a dessert place or whatever, like, I'll always get it. It's like, I'm obsessed with it. And, mm-hmm. like, I want to be able to enjoy it, but just not in, like, large servings all at once in my home. I will never buy it to bring it inside the house. It's Hilarious. like a weak point. Oh, my gosh. I'm the exact same. So, on the topic of groceries, how do you plan your meals for the week? Like, do you just sit down and you're like, this is what I'm going to make for the whole week? Or is it like you go day by day? Like, what? Like, how do you organize that? Okay. So because of my job and I'm doing recipe development, I definitely am buying more groceries than the average person needs. Mm-hmm. But what I tell my clients is make a list and brainstorm just the foods that you like. And at the end of the day, like you want to be having the vegetable, the protein, the carb, the fat at every meal. So just like brainstorm some options and rather just saying like, I'm going to have a salad with chicken for lunch every day, which gets boring. What I usually tell my clients to do is set a day each week to make some basics, make some chicken, roast some vegetables, make some quinoa, hard boil some eggs, and then do some like yummy extra things like pickle some onions, make a homemade salad dressing. And then when it comes to lunch and dinner, start making like different sauces and essentially eat the same thing all the time, but make it different and flavorful. We did this at your house just yesterday. Yeah, exactly. It was like the best thing ever. um, But like for me, I look in the fridge and I could kind of just make something out of nothing. And I know a lot of people aren't like that. But I would say what works best is to make a list of like, what are the proteins that you like? What are the veggies that you like? What are the grains that you like? And go from there rather than trying to make a new recipe every day, which isn't realistic. It's just, it's too time consuming. I feel like you need to almost take the thinking out of it and like still make things yummy, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like just make it as easy for yourself as you can. I think Pinterest is such a great tool. Incredible. um, For meal prep and meal ideas because you could literally look into your fridge and then type into Pinterest like recipe with chicken, carrots, onion, garlic. And we'll give you a million ideas. Low sugar recipes, million ideas. So there's just, we have Google, we have Pinterest, we have Instagram. There's so much inspiration. We just need to take the time to explore the things that appeal to us when we're not already starving. It's so true. So I also want to talk about like all these diets that are out there, yeah. right? Like keto, whole 30, food combining. Like I feel like the list is endless. Mm-hmm. Like what are your thoughts here? And do you have like a philosophy when it comes to nutrition? Yeah. So you know what? I'm someone like I don't believe in diets I think that the moment someone feels restricted, it doesn't always end well. So it's not to say that there isn't like merit in some of these diets. I just think that what works for someone may not work for someone else. Some things that I truly do believe in is avoiding inflammatory foods. So for me, even though I'm all about like balance and moderation, I try to limit my sugar. I try to limit my dairy. I try to limit gluten. So I try to avoid the foods that are inflammatory in the body. Does it mean that I could never eat those foods? No. But in general, those aren't the foods that come into my home. I think that something like Whole30, you don't need to be super strict about it like a crazy person, but I like the idea that you're relying on whole foods and you're avoiding the processed foods. I like that. So for me, I kind of take little bits of these diets and put them into one diet. So people often ask me like, are you vegan? No, I'm not. But I believe that the bulk of your diet should be plant-based. I'm not like paleo or keto, but like in general, I don't personally have carbohydrates at every single meal. I prioritize my fat and I prioritize my protein. So I think there's little bits of all of these diets that make sense. I just think the issue is when people try to go 100% And then maybe they're able to do it for 30 days and then they just completely stop and they almost throw away everything they've experienced and go back to their old lifestyle. So I would say 
it's not that these diets are bad. It's just that you need to take what makes sense for you. Yeah. And like modify it so that it works with your lifestyle. Like let's say someone has a history of an eating disorder. Like I wouldn't recommend any of these diets for that person because that's not going to help serve them. So it really depends on what you are working on. Yeah. Fair. So what about blood sugar? How is blood sugar impacted by food? How important is it to kind of like look after your blood sugar? Like, Mm -hmm. let's just dive right into that. So I, (laughs) I am very mindful of my blood sugar. So essentially anytime you eat a carbohydrate, it converts into glucose, which is blood sugar. So I think when we think about carbohydrates, we're just thinking about pizza, crackers, bread, pasta, et cetera. But carbohydrates are also like all fruits, all vegetables, chickpeas, lentils, et cetera. So a lot of those foods have sources of um, like protein and fiber, but they also are breaking down to blood sugar. So every time you're eating something like that, it will spike your insulin and insulin is like a fat storage Mm -hmm. hormone. And then essentially when there's um, blood sugar like circulating in your blood, you could get dizzy, you could have cravings, it impacts your mood. And it's just kind of this yo-yo approach to eating because it's kind of like you'll eat candy, for example, and you could get a rush of energy and then you dip and you feel like shit again. Yeah, the crash is just... The crash is really hard. So in order to balance your blood sugar, so number one, it's avoiding the processed like sugary foods, but then it's also making sure that you're combining a carbohydrate with a fat and a protein because that makes it take longer to digest. And then it's not going to spike in the same way. And you're going to feel calm. You're going to feel like satiated and you're going to just feel much better in your body. Love that. So then when it comes to blood sugar, like where does actual sugar stand here? And like, if there, like there's all these sugar alternatives, you know, stevia among fruit, maple syrup, whatever. How do you feel about all of them? Like which which is the best option? Mm -hmm. So I think in general, it's almost like we've created this society where we think we need sweet all the time when we don't. And we don't necessarily need to swap out the sugar for something else. We almost need to not be needing sweet all of the time. So that's number one. For me personally, because I'm not eating um, processed sugars really, I don't crave it. Like, yeah, it, honestly, so, with sugar, it's like the less yeah, you eat, the less you crave. It's exactly, wild. for sure. And like sugar is like more addictive than cocaine. Like I've had clients come to me and they feel really guilty because they can't stop eating the ice cream or the candy and it is addictive. So you mm-hmm. have to know that you're not weak, you're not powerless. These foods are addictive. So that's number one. Um, in terms of sugar alternatives, so something like honey or maple syrup, those are coconut sugar. Those are more natural sugar options. However, they still impact glucose in the exact same way. So Mm -hmm. you want to have them minimally. Something like fruit, even though it's so good for you and it's full of nutrition, it's still going to be impacting uh, blood sugar. So I say that just because I, I see some people thinking they're making a healthy choice, but then I see they're putting like 10 cups of fruit into their smoothie in the morning. So something just to be mindful of. And then sugar alternatives. I like stevia. I like monk fruit. Um, I think these are good options, but I don't like the artificial sweeteners. Like I wouldn't have like Splenda and that kind of stuff because it's so artificial. And they've actually done studies now that it tricks your taste buds into thinking calories are coming in. And when nothing comes in, number one, you start getting stomach aches and you start having more cravings. So let's say you're having a Diet Coke every single day with your lunch. Um, That person is going to have more cravings for sweet and for carbs and for fat throughout the day. Yeah, I actually literally just read that. I forget in which book. Um, maybe it was by Mark Hyman. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. But like literally that like there was some study done on Diet Coke and like if you have it and then you just end up eating more throughout the day yeah, so and like it, making worse choices. And I've also seen that in some cases it ends up still impacting your blood sugar, which is interesting. That is really, mm-hmm. really fascinating. Mm-hmm. So then say someone, you know, is trying to 
start their day with like a great breakfast and they've been opting for these like super fruit heavy smoothies. Mm -hmm. What are some easy hacks to like make your smoothie like so delicious, but maybe just a little less low in sugar? Yeah. So number one, I think I said this on our last interview together. I always love having chopped up frozen cauliflower in zucchini. Zucchini? Yeah. I've never put that really? in Really? Oh, no. I, it's so good. I feel like, wait, can I come over and try this weird yes. shit that I'm just yes. like, I don't know come if I can over. do it on my own. <laughs> so adding some frozen vegetables to your smoothie, number one, adds bulk, adds fiber, and it makes it creamy and almost better than ice because it has this creamy texture. And because it adds bulk, you don't need to add as much fruit. So some people do completely fruit-free smoothies by doing um, like a vanilla protein, some almond butter, chia seeds, I don't know, raw cacao powder, and then uh, frozen cauliflower, for example, and some almond milk and you blend it up. For me, I actually like doing like half of a frozen banana, frozen cauliflower or zucchini with the addition of protein, healthy fat, and, um, and nut milk and cinnamon. And it's so, so good. And you cannot taste the You can't taste it. I know it sounds so weird, but it's really so delicious and you wouldn't know. It took me a long time to like actually be okay with putting spinach or like kale into my smoothie. Oh my God. And I'm forgetting that. Like that's a no brainer. You need to add your greens. Yeah. So now like I do like a smooth uh, spinach in my smoothie, like just without even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. But I remember I was like, I'm going to be able to taste it. And like, like you actually do not. You don't taste it. You really don't taste it. And then, yes, it's sugar. But if you're kind of getting started and you want to add some sweetness, like half a pitted date or one pitted date is a great call if it means you're also able to get the cauliflower, the spinach, the protein. Like a smoothie is just such a great way to start your day. Yeah, it's true. Like I did it for, I think, four years straight. Literally all I did was a smoothie in the morning because- It's so easy. And it's such it's such a balance of macronutrients. And if you're someone who feels like a smoothie doesn't fill you, just make sure you're actually putting enough in there to keep you full. And then there's also people who don't love a smoothie for breakfast and that's fine too. Like there's other options out there. So then speaking of breakfast still, I yeah. want to talk about bread. Okay. Because there's so many different types yes. and people are fucking confused. Okay. I, like- Sourdough, sprouted, Ezekiel. I don't even know how to say it. So like, you're na- Ezekiel. You're Ezekiel. you're naming the good ones. Okay. So that's oh, okay. Great. So t- t- let, let's just talk all okay. things bread. So, which is better? So in general, if you're gonna like, you don't need to be eating Wonder Bread and Dempster's bread. Like I don't even know what's in there, but it's it's crap. And even if they're telling you it's like full of, I don't believe it. Like it's <laughs> it's shit. So you want to eat something that's more of a real food to begin with. So I recommend like a sourdough, which has been fermented. So sourdough bread is naturally fermented, which means that the gluten in there is typically easier to digest than just typical like white bread, for example. So Mm sourdough is always a good option. Ezekiel bread is great and sprouted bread is great. So sprouted means that the the grains essentially have been soaked ahead of time before baking. So it becomes easier to digest and it increases the protein content in those foods. So Ezekiel is a bre- is a brand. I personally do really like it. Some people say it tastes like cardboard. So then there's another brand, um, Stone Mill Bread. It's also sprouted. And I find people really like that one. Okay. And they have sourdough options and they have just like chia flax, they have really good options. And what about like just whole grain bread? It's interesting. Like when I go to the farmer's market, I that's my chance to ask a lot of questions. And whole grain doesn't mean anything, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like if you're at a grocery store or a bakery and it says whole grain, it just means that they've used some whole grains. So that could mean they've mm-hmm. are, they've used 50% white flour and 50% whole wheat flour. doesn't really mean anything. So you just have to ask or read labels and see if it's actually made with like 100% rye or 100% whole grains. And the if you're at a farmer's market and there's a local bakery, you could just ask them. And what about rye? Like there's so many rye fucking is, breads. Rye is, rye is good. Um, it's more so, 
um, a lot of people are sensitive to gluten and these food, these breads still have gluten and some people react like okay with gluten. Some people do not. In general, for me, I don't know, bread's not like a huge part of my life anymore. I will more so have it on the weekends and it's usually a sourdough or a sprouted bread option. So while we're on the topic of gluten-free, I feel like sometimes gluten-free options, it's mm-hmm. like almost... I guess like green labeling, you know what yeah. I mean? And like, yeah. it, so, so that's a really great point. Gluten-free doesn't mean healthy. Yes. First of all, it just doesn't mean healthy. Like some people are celiac, which means they have a gluten allergy. And in that case, like it just depends what that person is looking for. Mm-hmm. Some I have clients and their kids can eat gluten, but they're not at a point where they want to be eating like these weird grain healthy breads, they just are fine to eat something that's gluten-free. So I'm Mm -hmm. not talking about those people. But for someone who is trying to make healthier choices, gluten-free often means that they're using a lot of corn, which is often genetically modified, or they're using different grains that end up being processed or there's sugar in there. So a couple of brands I really like, have you heard of Unbun? Yes, I'm obsessed with them. Yeah, so Unbun's great. So they have loaves of bread, They have buns. They're awesome. And then I'm sure you've heard of Siete. So (laughs) I die for that. Yeah. So they have almond flour wraps, cassava flour wraps. And when you look at the ingredients, it's very minimal, um, which I really like. And these are foods that both of those brands are gluten-free and they're grain-free as well. So they, they aren't going to impact blood sugar in the same way. If you could leave our listeners with like one to three tips what would you leave them with? Ooh, okay. I say this tip all the time, but number one, if you're a coffee drinker, have a glass of water before you have that coffee in the morning is number one. Two, try to eat an earlier dinner. You don't need to be crazy here, but just try to eat an earlier dinner. Why? Um, Because that way that you're not going to bed bloated and full and you're able to digest your food properly and help balance blood sugar levels. And three, have greens at every meal. Easy. Love it. <laughs> um, tell everyone where they can find you. So my Instagram handle is iHeartNutrition, H-A-R-T, which is my last name. Um, and then my website is iHeartNutrition.com. And where can people buy your ebook? It's on my website as well. Okay, amazing. Thanks, George. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week.